Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneurs Visiting Victor. I'm your host, Victor Dadaj. I hope you are having an amazing day so far. Today, we have an awesome guest. This guy is an entrepreneur. He's in the top 1%, he's a top 1% growth consultant and a business master. And he's also a two-time self-published author. He's run three separate businesses and he's spoken in front of global audiences. And over the past 11 years, he's managed four different businesses on his own, consulted for three companies that have each produced over $250 million in revenue. And he's also been a multi-seven-figure affiliate. So he's obviously mastered the business marketing, sales, and optimization skills necessary to scale any business profitably. So let's welcome John Weberg. How are you doing today, John? I'm doing excellent, and I appreciate the, the very good intro. I am very happy to be here. Oh, it's great to have you on. And John, I'd like to get started by asking you to please share your story. How did you wind up becoming an entrepreneur? A very unique circumstance. I'm second generation. So my dad actually had, this is back in 08. Um, I'm, I'm sure you're obviously familiar if you're in the U.S. Well, like that, we kind of had like a housing crisis. There's an issue there, a bunch of foreclosures, a bunch of stuff with that, with real estate. And uh, my dad's two businesses, he had two offline sports businesses doing like sports memorabilia. They went bankrupt. So he turned a digital marketing, online marketing. I was probably, I don't know how old. That's pretty young at the time. I think I was 10 or 11. Um, I saw this and I was going down the college path, but I decided instead, I kind of liked the lifestyle I was starting to see at the time, the lifestyle and kind of the type of um, money being able to produce in business, being self-employed. So I decided, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. So I decided to go ahead and start doing affiliate marketing around 12, 13 years old. I kept doing it for years and years. Didn't really make a lot of money with it. Couldn't even legally make money with it at the time. At around 15, 16 years old, started getting more serious, decided I wasn't going to college and went down the path heavily of doing affiliate marketing. After that, started doing some freelancing, started doing consulting. And now uh, I am where I'm at now. I'm launching another company and this should be my final and my last. Wow. So you get started at a really young age, basically just, you know, seeing what your father did. He had a couple of businesses that got wiped out during the 2008 uh, crash. And that was a really difficult time for this country. Mm -hmm. You know, real estate got wiped out, foreclosures, the market tanked 50%. And then he decides to go into digital marketing and that piqued your interest. And you, you, I guess you were about 10 years old at the time. So a couple years later, you went into try to yourself. You did some affiliate marketing of the really couldn't do it legally <laughs> and then 15 or 16 you got heavily involved you did a bunch of consulting and so that's we that's what you've been doing the last uh you know whole number of years mm -hmm. so 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 when did you start seeing success was was it when you were 15 or 16 when you really got heavily into affiliate markets is that when you started seeing it and what do you think was the reason why you started becoming successful at that age right i, th I think it was Around 15, 16, I started actually seeing some money with it. I, was, I worked, the only job I ever worked was at Walmart for about six months. I worked there. I actually put all the money into my business, about 15. I lost it all. Didn't make any money. And finally, what I did was I actually asked for a little bit. Of, I never accepted any advice or strategy from my dad when I first got started. So I said, hey, give me a few pointers. And I also started heavily learning about digital marketing, marketing, follow-up, conversion optimization, you started learning about everything business to a whole nother level. So I would go work at Walmart. 
Um, well, first I was at school. I was still in school. So I'd go to school from 6 a.m. to 3. We'd be kind of my school schedule. From 5 to 11, I worked at Walmart. And in the next three to four hours till about three in the morning, I was working on my business. So I think it was a, a com- combination of just learning as much as possible before I really was going to do another deep dive into growing the business and launching another product or service and being an affiliate. And also my dad obviously helped a lot, um, but it was a combination of those two things. My dad, learning from my dad, doing everything I could to learn as much as possible. And then just vigorous, vigorous integrating of what I learned into actually taking action in the business itself. Got it. So, uh, so Matt, you had a very busy schedule going to school, <laughs> working at Walmart, then working your business. Where did you find time to sleep? That's my first question. Never <laughs> it really wasn't. It was actually, I was starting to fall asleep in class. So I'd be in class. It'd be about third hour after lunch. And I've always been an all honors, grade A student, fantastic in school. My teacher's like, what's going on? What's going on? You know, this is not normally you. I literally be watching a math problem. Math is easy to fall asleep to. And I'd be passed out mm-hmm. and I wake up I'm like, Oh no. Um, so I really didn't sleep. Actually. It, it was a time of, I knew I did, wasn't going to go to college. So if I was going to do the business path, I really had to do everything in my power to be committed. So I was sleeping three, four hours a night, sometimes less. And it was just, I realized at a young age, this is what I want to do. I don't want to go this other route. Everyone, my teachers would take me aside out of class. They would take me aside and say, John, don't do this. I'm like, I want my business. And I'm going to keep going down that path. So I decide no sleep. I can sleep when I die. Mm. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, I guess a few things I want to take away from what you just shared over the last few minutes. Uh, number one is you work really hard. You work, number one, you work hard. You, you work at Walmart. So then you really work hard. You're you very dedicated to you, you. And you use the word committed several times. See, a lot of people they're interested in the business or right. it's like a hobby, but they really don't work consistent. They work it from time to time, but they're very inconsistent. Apparently you were very consistent. You, you, you wanted to make sure that you're going to do everything. You made the decision to do everything possible to make sure that you were going to succeed. You took action. You just didn't like learn. I mean, you learn, which is also important. Um, you learn as much as you can, but mm-hmm. the real learning was in taking action and you did something important. You also learned from your father. So basically your father, I guess, served as your first mentor, which is something very crucial for being successful. So you want to talk a little bit about the importance of mentoring, how much your dad's mentoring helped you out? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's huge. And it's again, with the com- the committed thing, I think it's committing to what you learn from your own efforts and from a mentor. So my dad, also Frank Kern is a huge digital marketer. Frank Kern is also someone who I followed a lot of strategy from. Uh, Grant Cardone at the time, who now is obviously huge. He was a lot smaller back then though. Um, so my dad and those two, along with a few other self-development kind of resources like Tony Robbins, Jim Rohn, those types of people. Um, I think what, what was so successful is me taking it to heart and like saying total commitment because most people, unfortunately, don't feel the need to actually commit truly to anything, whether it's their relationships, whether it's their spouses, whether it's their, their friends, their family. When you want to do something, you want to do it right. As I was taught by my father, you commit 100% and do your absolute best job you can. And that's why usually in most people who are successful, they're usually successful in other areas of their life. Like I'm pretty much successful in everything I've ever done ever. And the reason why is 
I'm always 100% committed because why not? And that includes real quickly. That also includes when I go out and have fun, I party with my friends, you know, I do other things too. I commit to that too. And I commit all into having a good time. So it's a, it's a mindset change that needs to happen when it does. Every part of your life, I think, becomes more enjoyable, more enriched, which makes you appreciate and want to do it more and kind of starts that cycle of commitment and doing more in any area of life. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you mentioned mindset, which is something very important. How you do things, how you view things. Um, like you said, people are successful in one area, you're often successful in many other parts of their lives. So you say, you go out, you're committed to having a good time with your friends, you party, you enjoy yourself. And uh, life is good. So you're you're just like that in all aspects of your life. You're very consistent. You're very committed. And you mentioned some people, Frank Kern, you know, big digital marketing guy, uh, Greg Cardell, Mr. 10X. I mean, uh, he's, the biggest. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's also very funny. Uh, right. he, he, cra- he cracks me up. And, and of course, two legends, Jim Rohn and Tony Robbins, you know, they, they, they all, you know, all four of these guys have influenced so many people. And, you know, and I've, you know, I've, I've I've watched the videos, I've read all their books. I've learned a lot from these. I can tell you right. it made a big difference. So definitely I'm, I'm big fans of all of them. And it just shows like if you really want something, you got to commit to it, take the action. And you can say you you did the, you took the action, learn on your own, and you also combine that with the stuff you learn from you. That learn from the method and also learn from you and learn uh, on your own. So all those things combined and being consistent, commit, I think is 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 huge. Again, you aren't just interested in it. It was like an obsession for you. So right, you, right. You, you didn't want to be average. Yeah. And I did it at 15 years old, which at the time too, everyone was like, you know, I'd go to events where I'd speak at events at that young age. And people were like, who is this young kid? And the reason why I pointed out is not to brag, but to point out that people often, unfortunately, don't realize how little of a change they need to make in their like daily schedule or how little of a different action they could take. Their lives would improve incredibly just off of doing one thing a little bit different like taking a walk uh i make sure like now you're online a lot i'm online a lot barely move you know because i'm always online on the computer so i make sure i walk a dog once a day well that doesn't just relieve stress it also gets me moving from my health it also makes me gives me time to think about business about life about my girlfriend about everything that one little activity helps me a ton in like 10 different ways. So I just want to impress upon people that you're only, you you think it's this huge change you have to make or this big of a difference, this, all this action, you think it's this big ordeal when it's really a couple little things you could do different, your life would be an entire different story. And you can do that at any time. Yeah. I think it was Jim Rohn who mentioned it was like a lot of little things, little changes done daily over the course of time because they compound. You'd have to do big changes, little changes each day. I mean, you're not going to see it within a week or two, but over the course of six months or a year, which is, and like you said, your example is it can happen in age. It's happened to when you were 15 or 16. It doesn't, you don't have to wait till you're 45. And conversely, you you can be 75, 80, even no matter how old, you're also not too old to do it. Again, it really depends. You have the mindset, you're willing to put in the time, the effort, the commitment. Mm -hmm. And I like you mentioned about walking. It's uh, like you said, you can come up with some really great ideas and it it relieves the stress. It's very healthy, but a lot of creative ideas come about when you're just walking because it relaxes, you get away from everything. And and sitting at a chair all day is not good. Some people say sitting is the new smoking. I think there is definitely some truth to that. You you should really get up, I think, every hour for at least five to ten minutes. Right. Not doing it it all day. 
Um, like you said, it doesn't have to be something massive. And that, that's the thing. I think so many people are very impatient. I think because of this instant gratification society we yeah. have, if it doesn't happen yesterday, we don't want to do it. But if, if you put in the time and the effort, you're patient, you're consistent, mm -hmm. you're going to see the results. Like you say, you're, you have that vision, you cast the vision, and you see when you want to be six months or 12 months now. And because right. you're focused on that, and not, you know, you're, and, and, and let me ask you a question. Were you also very focused on the process? Because sometimes people too focus in the beginning on having results immediately and not on doing the right things and focusing on the activities in the process. Right. Was that a big game changer for you? I think that, and part of what you said triggered something for me is instant gratification for the thing that was happening in the moment. Because again, like you're saying, most people want instant gratification is they want this big change. For me, I go, I did this little thing. This little thing is huge because I know it's going to add up. I enjoy the process too, but I'm also more of like, I have a very lofty goal. I have something huge I want to do. And I know I can do it as long as I do these little things. A, a great uh, kind of story around that, for example, is I usually, usually, I say usually I'm on the carnivore diet. I usually try to watch what I eat, only eat meat, mainly meat. Uh, sometimes I eat you no know, vegetables or I'll have a pizza. I eat all types of stuff, but I try to minimize it. And my friends and other people critique me because, you know, once in a while, I don't eat carnivore. But let's just say over the course of a year, how many times of me taking the bun, the top bun off of a burger, how many calories is that up to? You know, if, if I eat, because I let eight burgers or meat all the time, if I, let's say, 50 burgers in a year, uh, however many tacos that I took the tortilla off of, or I didn't use a tortilla or bun at all, you name it, you add that up for all the food I ate. Those are little tiny things. And they go, well, that's not doing anything. But that could be 100,000, 200,000 calories and how many pounds of fat and how many other things, stress, it's not good for your body, et cetera, that would be. But I, I try to stay in the moment of instantly being gratified by the little thing that I am doing. It's, it's little, it's not a lot, but it's something. It's something, I'm doing something a little bit better. It might be a, a bun off the burger, but that bun added up over a year or 10 years is a lot better health for the long term. So I do enjoy the process, but I also, I think I really love, I love enjoying the process and feeling fulfilled and gratitude about what I'm doing. That's probably my kind of version of that. Otherwise I'm also kind of a big, big goal commit. If you don't commit, it may not work out. If you commit a hundred percent, it will at least work out 80% of the time. You know, at least, at least a, something successful will happen. If you commit all the way, something will happen positively. And that's better than absolutely nothing. No, no, absolutely. And, and basically you're talking about the compound effect, long-term right. view being, cause you know, you know, uh, you know, taking a bun off that adds up. Yeah. If you do it once, it doesn't make a difference. It works for you or against you. It's like, you know, if you eat unhealthy food for a couple of days, it's not going to affect your health badly. But if you're eating really crappy food over the course of five to ten years, you're going to have health issues. Right. Um, and one, you know, another thing about the bun is like you're also limiting your carbs. That people don't realize the biggest enemy is the carbs, carbs. the sugar, stuff like that. It's Horrible. the it's the low carb. I mean, the the high carb, low fat diet that's caused so many um, health issues. Uh, people, yep. it's actually. Uh, 
you should be actually be eating more fat, more protein, and less carbs. And that's I'm, I'm telling you this because I'm a certified holistic health coach. So I've been nice. I've been studying this for a long time. So your way of eating is actually healthier than what people have been taught the last 50 years. So that's yep. why you keep it up. You're going to have a much healthier lifestyle, and you're going to be very successful. By the way, have you you know you talk about having big lofty calls? Have you ever read The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz? I have not read that. Um, although I, I would definitely would. I read a. I've read a lot of. I, I haven't read in a long time. I need to start again. I read a lot of Tony Robbins, a mm -hmm. lot of Grant, a lot of again same same kind of people. A consistent Frank, Jim Rohn, a little Alex Mosey. Um, I've written some of my own books, but I need to get back in. I need to get back in the learning stage because right now I'm in the applying stage. Mm -hmm. That's where it kind of is. Is I mm -hmm. like to do a a, a bulk learn as much as possible about whatever I'm interested in and then just action, 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 and then repeat that. But is it a good book? Oh, it's an awesome book. Yeah. By David Schwartz, I highly recommend it because you, know, you seem to like to think big. And I think you definitely get it. It will fit in with the kind of uh, mindset that you have. So I definitely highly recommend it. Now, like we said, you want to learn and apply so many people spend too much time learning and learning and not apply. So they wind up having what's called shelf esteem. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You want oh, to wind up. Yeah, because if you, if you don't apply, you're wasting your time. You, you got to take action when you learn, which is what you do. And that's a big thing for everyone to remember. So Right. And then also, real quickly, is also that I also think negatively. I don't think the negative should be ignored. The negative is if I don't do this, this is going to get worse. Mm -hmm. Day after, the, the, that's the instant gratification of the negativity of this is going to get worse again. And by the time it's too late, because I know myself, that's what people have to realize. You know yourself, you know your habits, you know how you're going to act. If I don't do this now, six months from now, it's going to be so much worse and even harder to even get started and get consistent. But sorry, just go ahead. I thought of that too. No, 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 I agree. No, I agree. Uh, Think of it negatively also. Habits are very important. And in fact, um, I just remember this quote, habits can be the best of servants or the worst of masters, depending on what kind of habits you have. So very important. So I'm glad you I like that, that a lot. Up. Yeah. So let's uh, let's do, go over a couple of questions about the kind of stuff you do in the consulting, you know, helping out working, you know, working with clients. Um, so first question I want to ask is, so how can a person increase their business profits without having them spend any additional capital? Because, you know, especially in the, you know, it's a tough economic time with people looking at costs, but they, they, they want to, you know, they want to increase their profits, but not spend any additional extra money because they've been spending a lot as it mm -hmm. is. Number one, I actually just before we got in this call, I shot a video on it. Um, is people heavily underestimate the ability to, of follow-up. Just, for example, texting leads more, calling leads more, or calling customers more, or emailing more often. They don't realize how huge follow-up is. And it's because we're in an instant gratification society. It's because how the world has changed. Everything's instant. Companies and ads are just bland. People don't realize that what follow-up is is the actual building of an actual relationship with each individual person on your email list in your audience, someone who's watching your videos, your content, you name it. So they underestimate and don't follow up enough. One, I, like, I email my list, every list I have, one time every day. People go, out oh, too often. That's too spammy. Well, are you giving valuable, helpful content that they desperately want? Because if you're giving that type of stuff, you'll never email your list too often. So one, Truly, and I tell, I have experienced this across every business I've consulted for or worked with, email once a day. Even if it's literally, this is true, I've sent out uh, emails with a video of me 
doing it when I was younger, a flip in a trampoline with my head in a dryer. And for my affiliate marketing business, I tailored those things or making a sandwich. I still tailor those things to the business and I would generate more sales. Even though it was silly, it was unprofessional, quote unquote. Follow-up that is consistent, that is often. And also another thing, which I, I teach heavily about for follow-up. Most people, when they think of follow-up is just more, more, more. They think of, I need to send another deal. I need to send another discount. No, you, like I said earlier, you have to actually relate with your audience, like build a relationship. So there's three kinds of content and three kinds of fault communication. Anyone and everyone should send to their email list and to their audience that they should produce in content and advertising, entertaining, enticing, and educating follow-up and content. So that at which entertains, which would be stories, videos, skits, enticing, yes, do deals, do discounts, do bonuses, um, and then educating how-to videos, walkthroughs, guides, freebies. And when you combine all of those things while being more consistent and daily with your follow-up, the amount of conversions and generating more sales and customers without having to spend more money because following up doesn't take any money. This takes a little bit of time. Um, the, the profitability business is skyrockets. I've used it, for example, in affiliate marketing. I beat out people who have 10 times the email list. Let's say I have, an, I have a certain email list that has 10,000 10, leads or 30,000 leads. I beat out entrepreneurs and affiliate marketers who have 300,000 plus leads because I don't focus on promoting and selling. I focus on what my consumer wants. They want to build a relationship with me, build trust with me, and know how I can 100% get them the solutions they're looking for and have the problem solved in a fun, exciting, and enjoyable way. That's what people want. Yeah, no, absolutely. People are looking for problems to be solved. They want solutions to their issues. Like they say, you buy a drill, you're not buying the drill, you're buying it for the hole that they can put in the wall. That's what they're looking for. Right. If you can show them that you can solve their problem, they're going to go to you as the expert who can help them. So that's something a lot of people don't understand. And, you know, I like the fact you you email your list every single day. You make me think about Grant Cardell because he, he'll he send like hundred like 100 tweets every single day. He's like, right, too much. Right. Yeah, he's like, you know, if they, if, they, if, they, if that bothers them, they, they don't need to follow me. But the vast majority of people, they're happy to see him tweet. You know what else? They... You know what else it is? Is we don't realize, most businesses don't realize, and entrepreneurs and fit marketers, the amount of competition. You know, there's a war going on right now. There's all types of crazy conspiracies, and there's supposed to be aliens and knights. There's all types of crazy things happening in the world 24-7. That's not including your competitors. That's not including competing with your consumers and your viewers' daily life, their relationships, their spouses. So you have to put out this volume. That's why I love about Grant Cardone, love him or hate him, he's right about volume. Volume and quality of activity to produce leads, produce customers, and relate with those leads and customers. It's where everything is because there's so much going on. You have to break through thousands of different things that are noise. No, absolutely. You have so much competition out there and you, know, you, you don't keep in touch with people. If you, you're not out there, people are going to forget about you because there's so much out there right now. People being bombarded on all the social media, with the emails and all that stuff. So they're getting 20, 30 emails a day. If you haven't emailed them in three or four months and you email them, they're like, who is this guy? Right. Who, who are you? They, they don't even know who you are anymore. And then they put you in spam or they delete your emails because they don't care because you weren't consistent in the first place. Right. Now you're in recovery. Now you're in recovery. You think email marketing doesn't even work. And that's what starts people down that, that path. 
Yeah. And I like what you said about in the emails, you educate them, you incise them, you make it enjoyable. All those things play a part. So you don't have, you don't send the exact same thing every single time. Send some educational ones, some of you are selling and some. So you, you mix it up and then if people look forward to it. So, and you know, you mentioned about following up. It's like, you know, with, with your customers, your prospects, a lot of people don't follow this. Like once it's size, they forget about it. But most sales are, 80% of them are made in the fourth or further contact, fourth, fifth, up to the 12 contact. There's rarely made right. in the first, or the second, especially if it's, um, you know, the the more expensive the item, the more you need to talk mm -hmm. to them. They're not going to buy you on the first contact. So high right. ticket versus low ticket. So all that. And, and it happens to so many industries. I, I, I know one guy in the network marketing industry. He, he 11 people approached him to join him, and he said no to all of them. He said, now one person follow up. The 12th person he said no to initially, he followed up with him and he joined him in the organization and he became the number one distributor in that organization. Of right. That had a million distributors. Now, can you imagine when those 11 people found out that he joined that person who followed up in their year, like, oh, man, I should have followed up with him. He right. could have been my big guy. Yeah. Because because what follow up is, again, it's, it's truly showing commitment. It's showing you actually care if it's done right and showing you're willing to go out. All. For example, just think of like... um. Think of um, you're an agency and you're trying to land a, a local restaurant as a business and you have, or you're an affiliate marketer, you have one sales page. Most businesses have one main sales page and it's okay to have one, but this is a little bit better. They have one sales page, they send to their email list, they send to a client. Do you think that the 20th time you sent it versus the 15th or the 10th time, it's going to make a difference? Maybe because of volume, but again, back to also the variety. Now imagine the, the third, the fifth, the sixth, the 10th, the 13th and the 18th time, one was a how-to guide and how they can get more customers to the restaurant. Another one was how to land free advertising or PR through the local news station. Another one was a funny skit you made uh, about Avengers Endgame. You dressed up in skit. You had a couple of people at the office dress up in skit at the agency and do a funny thing and call up them personally. You know, that, showing effort, showing commitment, showing that you actually care, being interesting, enticing, educating, is way better than just volume. But again, volume is much better too than two to three times because two to three times, the five times, they might not even see your message in the first place. Yeah, and I like that. You know, basically, quality with quantity, you know, send a lot, but also make it interesting so they want to open it up. I mean, this has been going on forever. We know on TV, you know, people know by the first time they see a commercial, but but after they've seen it 20, 30 times, and when they think of that product, oh, that's what I'm going to get. And because they, they've seen it so many times. And advertisers know they've been doing this forever. So forever. It, it, it is. So a couple of the things I want to ask you is, because um, one of the things you do, you're, you're a consultant. So so a business right now, say they're thinking about, when you, when is a good time for a business to hire a consultant? And why should they consider hiring one? Because um, you know what, what, what benefits can a consultant give the company? One, I would say, and I, I say this genuinely about agencies, about consultants and working with anyone, if you're going to spend high ticket money, this isn't what usually people say, be careful and be selective in who you hire because consultants and agencies and high ticket stuff can, it can be really good. It can change a business and help it produce way more money. For example, like my email marketing follow-up like training, when I get hired to consult for that or get hired as a growth consultant in general, when I implement follow-up, I increase open rates, I increase click-through rates, I increase actually lead retention, customer retention. I do a lot of different things that helps businesses grow. But if you hire the wrong person, you don't, again, talking with them, they don't talk like 
me or you like a genuine, reliable, human, normal person like this. And they're just going off a script or they're just going off a, you know what, or, you know, they're not being like this real with you. Um, you can get burnt. So that's the first thing is I tell everyone, be careful in spending high ticket money because uh, for example, my business, we lost $40,000 uh, about a year ago. We hired for six months, six months, two agencies, SEO agencies. They produced zero increase in traffic for our organic search engine traffic. Zero, measurably zero or negative effect. We spent $40,000, $50,000 with them. So first be careful too. When you find someone you want to work with, vet them, make sure they have testimonials, make sure they have resources, make sure the content they produce, make sure they're active and the content they produce is of quality because that usually means the information they have in their head is of quality. Um, and someone who wants to work with me or work with a growth consultant usually is when A, you're looking to increase profits. You're looking to grow the business a bit faster. You want to do it at a faster pace. Maybe you're seeing your business grow or be stagnant or it's just, it's just going along. Nothing's really happening. Um, businesses, if optimized correctly, um, if they're doing things right, should have steady, consistent growth. And then, you know, it, it shouldn't be this. It should be quite a bit of growth, a stagnant period, quite a bit of growth, a stagnant period. So if you're looking to increase lead production, turn those leads into customers, you're having low conversion rates, you're having a low percent of people booking calls with you, you're noticing that you're not following within industry averages, consider hiring a consultant. Of, of course, as well, make sure it's affordable to you. Again, I'm always on the side of being ethical, being for the people I want to work for and work with. Be careful, go within your budget, and find someone who actually seems like they care about you and your business. And also make sure they follow up more than a few times to get your business. Yeah, basically, they want to show that they really value your business, have them follow up. Yeah, because they can really, in one end, you know, they can really help your business up. But on the other end, really bad consultants can do harm to your business. Like you say, vet them and, you know, see the care. And sometimes maybe just go with your guts. Like if, 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 you, if you just sense something doesn't feel right, you should probably just not go with them. I think right. usually your guts, you know, correct most of the time. Yeah, you know, just look at the testimony, see, you know, what kind of results they've gotten for other people and see how they talk. Is it just reading over the script or just being really genuine and should they right. really care about it? All those things make a big difference. I totally agree with you. Some really good stuff here. And one other final thing I want to ask is, you know, one thing a lot of business struggle with is keeping loyal customers because yeah, it's it's so much easier to keep a customer, you know, than acquire new. A lot a lot of businesses on the side, they they focus way too much on getting new ones instead of keeping mm -hmm. the ones that they current. So what are what are the best ways for a company to keep loyal customers long term? Mm -hmm. One number one is think about the things you hate to see in your experience as a customer. Number one. Uh, support customer support is absolutely huge but not like just being there for your customers you know for example if i want to improve customer retention i would improve the customer support so much that people send in emails or call the company saying oh my god the person didn't just solve my problem they weren't extremely knowledgeable they weren't just fast with the response they actually gave me a guide for example let's just say i own a crm which is basically a customer relationship management like an autoresponder or some kind of tool for business owners if I was a customer support agent, if I was a company or business and I wanted to increase customer retention, whenever I answered a single support question of any kind, I would give my customers some kind of guide, some kind of freebie, some kind of thank you video for something to show appreciation for them actually asking for help. So they actually get reinforced to ask for help when they need it, 
which means they won't have as many frustrations because they know they can get their answers taken care of and they can get questions answered, but they also are going to be rewarded for getting the questions answered. Most companies hate support. They want to get rid of it. Let's minimize tickets. No, I want to maximize tickets so much that people want to do even more business with me and refer people to me because my support's so amazing. That's one way. Two, a more consistent follow-up. Literally, because you're being seen through producing more content, through seeing being seen in advertising, being seen more in follow-up, you're going to see a lot more of your customers staying because they see the company is active, it's growing, and they're getting consistent messaging. Along with that, I suggest when you have a churn rate for your average customer, say agencies, you know, usually keep a customer for three to six months. Let's say it's at five months. At four months, you send a custom video thanking them for being a customer with you. You send them some merch, you send them a gift basket, and you send them, you know, something else. What that does, again, is you'll keep customers longer. They'll be willing to pay more, maybe even be upsold to other product and services because you were so nice to them, you were so kind to them, you thought of them. Um, but also, again, profitability through keeping customers longer, it's multiple, multiple, multiple times more cost, like we said, to acquire a new customer versus keeping one. So don't be afraid. That's what companies are afraid of in businesses. They're afraid of the cost. Well, it's, it's costing you to lose the customers. It's not copy, costing you. You could spend $1,000. You could spend $2,000, like as an agency, to keep a customer versus having to spend thousands of dollars to get another one or have the customer you do have pay you for another 10 months to a year. So gifts, rewards, things that are enticing, educating, you have a variety of how you thank your customers, how you reward them for being with you, have a reward program for them being customers with you for longer, how you support them, and also their experience with your product and service. If it gets them truly amazing results, it will scale itself. Product development, I never really thought about it until I'm recently launching a company called Profitalize. I never thought of it until that, that if you have a good enough service like Canva, Canva is an editing app for images. I've been a customer for five years. I'll be a customer for probably 30 more years, literally. Good tools that actually help, that are easy to use with good support, people will use forever. The same with services and the same with products. Uh, that's definitely some really good stuff there, John. You know, like customer support, you know, it's not just, you know, be nice to them, but give them extra value, maybe send them a freebie and they'll come back. Cause like you said, they'll, you know, they, they reach out with an issue or a problem. They know they're going to get rewards and they, they feel real good about because you made it feel so special because very few companies do that. Right. Consistent, consistent follow-up, you know, show them that, you know, you guys are still around, you're active and, you know, you know, send them little gifts, like a video, give back all kinds of rewards. And there was a guy named Joe Girard. He was like the number one car salesman many decades ago. And he would like just send little like cars at different times just to make, you know, let people know they were on his mind. And guess right. what? They, when they wanted to get another car or they, a friend was looking to buy a car, they would, they would either go buy, go to him or they recommend their friend go to Joe. And that's yep. one of the reasons why, because things like that, like some of the things you recommended, it's just, just let them know, like, you appreciate them that, you know, they're on your mind. And because a lot of times you sell cars, like you figured they're going to come back for five or 10 years. So very few car sales, salespeople will follow up with that. But that's what right. he did. And that's the kind of thing you're recommending people do too. It's, it's building a, genuine, real, valuable customer experience that leaves such a lasting impression that people will buy for you for decades, not like a year or one time for decades to come. It's, it works really well when you do it right. It makes a lot of money and it also services the customer exactly how they want and how they need. 
Yeah, because what you're talking about is something called lifetime customer value. A lot of lot of lot of salespeople don't understand that. And you service and you're given this great experience, you know, you know, that one car can turn into two or three, four additional cars. So mm -hmm. they said so that, that could, you can have a great lifetime value from them. So and and I, I like the fact you mentioned don't worry about the cost. A lot of companies worry about the cost. It costs money to lose it because not only are you losing yeah. the customers, you may lose people that they could recommend to you as well. Yeah. So you could be a, a, a lot of potential business. But if you keep them, they're happy, they have great experience, they're going to tell their friends. And you, you don't know how much extra business that can uh, uh, lead to. So it, it, yeah, so uh, you got to have a long-term perspective about this. So, you know, that was real, some really great stuff you just shared there about the customer support, the customer experience, taking care of your customers, and, and just how, you know, the relationship, you know, making them have appreciated. It can just lead to such a, a great increase in growth for your mm -hmm. business. So, so, so John, that's some really great stuff. And John, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a real pleasure. You shared a lot of great tips. Your story is really inspiring, and you know, you, you know, you know, and, and again, you a lot of great wisdom you shared, a lot of gold nuggets. And uh, so, thanks again for being on the show. And John, if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to contact you? Best thing to do is go to Profitalized, and thank you for that. I appreciate that. I love being on the show. Um, go to Profitalized.com or go to my YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube, look up John Weberg. Uh, learn from me for free. And if you decide you feel like you like my messaging and who I am, then consider becoming a member of the Profitalized community, which if you like this, you're going to get a lot more of that, but also have an entire community behind you, have around 600 hours of training I made behind you, around 80 plus templates on how to grow, manage, and scale your business behind you, and a whole ton more. Um, I'm building a community at Profitalize.com. Otherwise, I thank you very much, Victor, for having me on. Um, I thank the viewers for watching uh, a, a ton. I appreciate all of you. You're welcome. Thanks again, John. Have yourself a great day. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.